Welcome to episode number 107 of the Chris Rose Rotation. It is a production of John Boy Media. And once again, today presented to you by good friends over at SeatGeek. We would like to welcome from the New York Mets reliever Trevor May, who is just like everybody else now in the technological world. He's yeah. without his cool camera, his microphone. You're just doing this on a on a regular old phone. Are you going to be okay? I had one thing. Now I don't have my thing. So, yeah, I'll be all right. I'll get through it. Well, but definitely next episode, I'm going to be right back with it. I'll, this won't happen again. So, drink it in. Does that mean that you forgot all your gamer stuff too? No, just the microphone. Just oh. the mic got left. Yeah, oh. kind of a quick turnaround to to pack and get here. So happens forget stuff all the time are you uh are you holding um are you gonna hold it the whole time you're gonna be able yeah. to... oh that's all little switch arms like this okay Look, how easy this is. that's a lovely room you're in by the way yeah thank you uh i chose it myself <laughs> ah okay um we are t- we are recording this on a saturday morning west coast time and it j- i don't even know if you know this just happened moments ago Miguel Cabrera became the 33rd member of the 3000 Hit Club. First inning I'm, I'm at least 10 of those. That's awesome. You're, you are not. Do you know? Do you have any idea how many of those you are? I think it's like six or seven. I think that he's like six for he's hitting 300. I know that. It's like 320 or something. There we go. A little bit of success, but I'm right, I'm right at like his career average. I'm, 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 I'm right in the middle of the pack. I'll take it. I, I love this. So it's a first inning single, of course, uh, you know, basically right right side. And Jose Iglesias, who now plays for the Rockies, goes and gets the ball. Former teammate of his in Detroit goes over and hugs him. I mean, I really think that, like, Miguel Cabrera is pretty much beloved throughout this sport, isn't he? He is. He is. He just loves the game so much. He's, he's, he's one of those guys. He's, he's, he's on everyone's list as one of their favorite players, for sure. For sure. Definitely me too. Uh, playing against him all those years, it was. I just I'm really happy for him. It's it's awesome to even be part of that story at all. So what what is it like? Because I, I believe if the numbers I've got are correct, five for fifteen. Uh, the only damage was one homer. That was it. Struck him out Slider. three times. What is it like when you are facing a guy who is a walking Hall of Famer? It's not fun. He's not the guy, especially how he hits. Uh, you know, everyone's different. I, I think that um, he just he's in, in a big spot. He is just the last person. Even like even you know later in his career now, it's slowed down a bit. Even now, he's still not a guy that you're like want anything to do with with anybody to that can score on base. Uh, and I unfortunately had to face him in those situations a couple of times. Um, and it got me, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those guys where you, you, it's easy to be in the moment and be like, wow, this is actually happening. And I think I have told this story. I just popped up on my app that he got three thousand hit. Uh, <laughs> he, I told the story on this show before, but like, just, he, he's a big part of like when I was a rookie, kind of giving me confidence, telling me I had a good, I had a good change up that. So I'll never forget that. And, and so, um, you know, ever since he told me that, I just had this inherent uh, confidence to throw that pitch for some reason, even if it's not as good as my other ones that day. Um, and I think it has something to do with him. So he has that kind of effect on people. Uh, and, you know, when he does something, you pay attention. You know what I love about him? He just 
he has fun, man. He is always you know? smiling. He interacts with the fans. I mean, listen, the guy wants to win, and maybe it helped out that he won so early in his career with the Marlins yeah. that there isn't that pressure of, my God, Miguel Cabrera, 3,000 hit club, 500 homer club, but he doesn't have a ring. Like, he got it yeah. so early that he got the team accomplishment out. So now he could just be exactly who he was without having to answer those questions. Is that fair? Yep. No, yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, and, you know, we'll never know if that was even going to be a thing for him either way. But, like, he, it doesn't even have to be a question. So um, just kind of watching him play, I don't know if that would have been something he would have cared about that much. But we don't, we don't know it's because he actually has one already or not. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, he's done. He's done. I mean, at this point, uh, what else is there? What, like, what other record or thing to be part of? You know, his name's in everything now. So uh, he's a champion. He's, he's, got a, he's got an MVP. He's got a batting title. He's, well, yeah, no, he won the uh, Triple Crown. So, like, Right. He's got everything. Yeah, he's got everything. No, he see, all. see in Cooperstown, pal. Exactly, yeah. I think, I think that's pretty good. I think that's pretty, pretty far gone conclusion for sure. All right. Um, so you guys just started a trip out to Arizona. And then during the week, you're going to be in St. Louis. You guys are playing some great baseball. And so it allows me to kind of go back to what happened last night. You guys were trying to protect the lead. I'm curious because when you gave up the homer to Walker, I did. Yeah. I was I went to Twitter and I wanted to see what Mets Twitter was going to say. And almost everybody said the same thing. How did he keep that pitch fair? Was Right. Was it a great pitch that he just happened to somehow get his hands inside? Yes. Um, you know what? I, I actually, cause in, in baseball, like we always bring up like the tip of your cap. I hate tipping your cap. Cause that means I got just beat. He, uh, I tip, I will tip my cap a hundred times to that because it was really impressive. And I think that, I think there's a little bit of him cause I watched how, how he reacted to it too. He's like, did I just hit like, I hit that ball that hard. Like, He's usually trying to, like most righties, every righty's just trying to foul it off so they can go get, because that's just not what anyone wants. And he pulled his hands in and he got it enough. And he, and it, we just happen to be in the right ballpark with the right conditions because it's like that, that's maybe getting out in t uh, Tampa too in that exact little spot. But like most parks, it's just, it's really hard to kind of sneak it in there. And I'm going to be honest, I looked and I didn't see the ball at all. I had no idea where it went. So my reaction was really weird because I was like, where did it, what, where, what, how, where, where, what happened right there? I don't even know. <laughs> I just saw the umpire doing this and I was like, there's no way. And then I went and saw it on the board and that's when I got mad. Like, really? Impressive, man. And you know what? It's a picture you can be like, why is this happening to me? Like, what? come on. Like, you know, just hit the wall or, you know, something. But like, really impressive piece of big league hitting that, that, that was. Um, and, Max Scherzer made a great point too. And I really like this about Max. He just, if he, if he, if you sniff something that could be even remotely uh, uh, interpreted as an excuse, he's just like, no, nope, should have done this. And you're like, you're right. Should have just. So he's like, what was the count? What type of hitter is he? What had he been throwing the adding for? Maybe should have thrown a slider. That's not going to hit me with. And I was like, you know what, Max? You're right. <laughs> Maybe I should have. Hindsight's 2020, 20, obviously. But he goes, plan wise, it might have been a better decision because no one's missed hitting a slider out. But high, people are people are like able to get to heaters. If you're not, 
even barreling a fastball, you still might be able to get it out. But if you're not barreling an off-speed pitch, it's almost never a homer. I was like, man. But can't we right. tell Max? Can't we tell Max it's 97 in on the fist? I mean, if, if yeah, he but takes again, that if swing a you... hundred times, 90, isn't he hitting it foul? Probably. I think he would say that too, but it just didn't work out that way. Here's how I think about it. Uh, in my in my like situation there, you have a job. I, I like go out and I'm like, this is the job today. Whether we're up by 10, my job is to like work quick, get guys off the field because let's get the go. You're like, let's get let's not go out there and just stomp around and like, you know, try to be as nasty as I can to, you know, like punch everybody up and work really slowly. Like that's not my job in that situation. This situation, you know, up by three, I'm going out for multiples. It's eat these innings and hold the lead. That's my job. Like, don't give up the lead. Uh, and that ideally the best version of the job would be a zero and just, you know, keep it where it is and whatever. But the plan B to that is okay. But if something's going to go wrong, let's minimize that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the worst case scenario is you just implode and then it's not, the game's not reachable anymore and you lose. Right. So I will take B over C every day. And I was making a, making a joke earlier and I hate this so much. <laughs> And I can't believe I'm telling you, but so funny is Drew Smith went out. I was talking to Seth Lugo and uh, Seth goes, Hey, you think he's going to go back out? Or do you think like it's one? Cause we're trying to figure out like, you know, who, who might pitch because we're a little bit on a rotation thing going a little bit. Cause we're still in April and they're handling bullpen really, really well. So we're just, it's not quite, you know, cut and dry yet um, where the roles are. And so I'm like one out, man, one out, go get a hold. That's the dream. Like you just go get the one guy. You know, and leave it, leave that guy stranded and you're good. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's the dream. So I go out, I throw to one guy and I'm like, am I living the dream? <laughs> uh, but then I also made a comment and then uh, uh, Lugo's like, all right, let's get one more. He goes, one more run. He goes, I like three runs. Three runs are three runs are the best. I'm like, yeah, three runs. I'm like, that's when I always find it. You know, the, I find that the best time to give up that solo homer or something because so we still have the lead, but I had room. So it's fine literally go out think i do in the one out thing not doing it and then i give up the homer <laughs> so i'm like you know what i'm just never gonna comment on anything ever again that's what i'm gonna do i'm just gonna shut up take the ball and not not think about any of that if i if possible so it was just that's just how it goes that's oh, baseball you, but you little frustrating cra- but you little crazy bullpen dudes you funny i gotta fill the time uh, somehow dude so um, my son pointed this out to me and unfortunately it happened again last night. Although Edwin Diaz is always, he's been very good mm. when he gives up, a, he points, he points because I think he thinks it's a fly out. He just does it every time. <laughs> he just points every time. It's just, it's one of his habits. Maybe it's like him just be like, please, you know, like uh, one of those situations. It's just this thing. Unfortunately, it's, just not great when it doesn't work out. Right. <laughs> well, sometimes it's still a fly ball. It just happened to be a fly ball that went over like a 10 foot high wall. That's all. And I'm going to be honest in his defense. Most of the time he does that. He's right. It's caught. So he does do it every single time the ball's in the air. So it's not like he only picks the ones that are hit the hardest or something. <laughs> so, um, you know, I just think it's a good, he's just communicating. It's all, he's just got a good habit. That's all it is. Today's episode of the Chris Rose rotation is presented to you by SeatGeek. 
That's right. All the games back in action. Major League Baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs are coming your way. Want to go check out a concert? There's one great way to do it. Go download the SeatGeek app on your phone. Like you can go through here. Uh, if I wanted to go do to tonight's uh, Orioles Angels game, ticket for one because nobody, of course, wants to go with me. There's all sorts of seats that are available. And you see this green? That means that's a good deal. Red? Not so good. So they're doing their homework for you, right? They they uh, go on a scale of zero to ten. So green is good, red is bad. It's that simple. I'm gonna go pick a green seat for myself if I want to go to the game tonight. Hang out, go watch the Halos and the O's. It'll be great. And SeatGeek will do all the homework for you. So what I want you to do is go download the app, use the code word Rose. You'll get twenty percent off your tickets at SeatGeek. Once again, the code word is Rose. Go out. Go enjoy baseball. Go enjoy the NBA. Go enjoy the NHL. Go listen to your favorite artists in the world of uh, music. It's that simple. Download the SeatGeek app today. Why do things feel different this year with the Mets? I I think that we have a really good um, process, and I think people are picking up on that. Like, uh, for example, our lineup. I mentioned this our last time we met before in spring about Canna. He's a. Uh, he's really like he started the year exactly the way that, that, that doing the things that he wants to do, and that's getting on base and just being a nightmare to pitch to. Whether or not he gets a hit or not, he's just like grinds at bats, and then Marquez grinding at bats. Nimmo always grinds at bats, uh, um, and these guys are like they're placed throughout this lineup to where there's no let up. When you're like getting through this lineup as a starter a couple times, and ask Galen, right? It's it's just very hard to do unscathed without someone giving you a twelve pitch at bat or somebody like dunking in a little double down the the line to give you a little pressure or something. Like it's very like it's going to be very hard for someone to dominate us for a long period of time because we'll get them eventually, and that's the type of guys we have in our lineup. Uh, and, and I think that the new guys we added supplemented the guys like Pete and the guys like Frank Francisco, who I love how much fun he's having. And like, I can see it. He's like, it's not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have to do everything. And he had that on him a little bit last year. And that was being new here and signing the new contract. All this stuff. It's a lot of pressure came with a lot of things, but I, he is, I, I it's awesome seeing him walking the, walking in the clubhouse every day. Uh, not that he's, not, he was always smiling. He's always smiling, but like, he just, I, I love that he, 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 lo- he looks loose and he can play. So a lot of that happening, a lot of guys kind of like it's being spread among the whole lineup. And that's, that's going to make you win a lot of games. And I think that starting pitching obviously has been incredible as well. And, uh, and it's allowed, I think it's going to allow us to kind of, cause we're going to have to take the reins. We're going to have days where the bullpen needs to take over and like, you know, keep us in a game for a whole time. We're going to have to come back, things like that. And I think we're going to rise to that occasion too. But so those three things just translate into it's a winning recipe. You're putting yourself in a position to win a lot of games. And I think that's where we are. And we're confident that we can do that. It's just day to day to day. And Buck, Buck's the driving that ship. And that's his, that's his mindset. And that's what he, you get from him. So grind it out, just go out and win a game. No matter All how right. You do so it. your buddy Ploof and I um, have a debate and obviously he, he knows cause he played the game. I'm just an observer. He doesn't, and I don't want to misquote him, but he does normally say that it's the players that win the games, 
that managers, particularly in today's world where they get a lot of lineups from up top and scenarios and all that sort of stuff, that they don't have that much of a factor in things. It's really just managing people. Is Buck mm-hmm. making a significant difference? Because to me, it looks like he is. Yeah, and uh, the managing people, he's right. Because in-game decisions, there's really not that many that like that are hard, like coin flip type decisions. Mm-hmm. Most decisions are pretty like, yeah, obviously, right? Most of the time. And I think they would say that too. That's not the the chess, that's not the chess match happening. This is all happening organizationally where you're like, these guys are good against these these people and like you're going to use your bullpen and stuff. That's kind of predetermined before the game for the most part uh, with small adjustments. What's what, what Buck's really good at is managing people. And I think that it comes down to if all of the guys going out there and executing the plan, trust it and trust the information they're being given and trust the people that are giving it to them, then the confidence level goes way higher. And I think that there's a, there's a level of guys are feeling good about, where they're at and what they're getting and that what their, their process is the right one. And when you do that, and you, it's just rinse and repeat and you do that early in the season, um, then you're going to put yourself in position to be successful. And then that the, the crew that's giving you that information feeds off that. And it just kind of builds like that. So, I mean, I've, I've talked to a lot of guys who played for, for example, the Dodgers over the last five to 10 years. Right. And that's just something that they've really, really, locked in their process and their, and their, and their staff is very good at communicating how they're going to go about their process for winning games and guys buy in and they find their slot and they go and do their job. And um, it's 162 games. So you can't just be like, Hey, you're our guy. We need you to hit 130 RBIs or we're not going to win. Like that's not, that's not, that's basketball. Basketball works like that. We need you to score 35 or we're not going to win. Right. Baseball's not like that. You can't do that. So right. uh, I think that's the, best i think that there's more and more organizations really trying to find a way to do that uh, it feels good to be a part of a group that i personally know that everyone i'm working with all the information i'm getting is making me a better player um and that all of that work's going to pay out over 162 games in a really uh really impactful way so and that's everywhere you you guys had a really fun series with the giants who are a good ball club uh you played a doubleheader one day game one uh, Alonzo makes this incredible play at the bag, saving Lindor. And it had to go to replay. They originally called him safe. And there's a challenge and all sorts of stuff. So in addition to it being a phenomenal play by Alonzo, afterward, he is so fired up. I thought it was like Sunday at MetLife and the Giants were playing or something. Like he's yeah. got he's got really like a football mentality. <laughs> is he different than anybody that you've been a teammate with? Uh, yeah, he's, he's unique. Yeah. It's funny you say football mentality because every once in a while he's tackling the ball out there too. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> he's just, that's the way he moves. It's, it's sliding in home, just trying to tackle a guy. I don't, it, uh, a, a ghost person. Um, but yeah, he's, he loves baseball, man. He's just, he just loves it. He's like a kid, um, playing. Um, it's funny on that play too. One of the funnier parts, I don't think you could see it on TV is he's just fist pumping and yelling that they went to toss him the, like, you know, they tossed the first base of the ball to put in their glove. And he just didn't, he didn't even acknowledge the ball. Just flew, the ball flies over his shoulder and he just doesn't acknowledge it at all and just goes into the field. And no one got it. We're like, what? Well, you got to catch the ball, Pete. No, like, like, all right, I guess we're not, we're not going to catch it. 
then yeah. uh, so we just saw him get one fired at him he's not looking it goes over his shoulder no one acknowledges it we just well, all move on but that's because he's smarter than the average polar bear because he knew that frankie was going to walk it off in the bottom of the frame and would not even need yeah, the ball until next game he knew that's got to be it that's the only explanation yeah um not sure if you saw uh first series of the year in in washington obviously you gave up the home run to soto but did you see the reaction how much joy your pitch gave to that father-son combination? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. And uh yeah, I wasn't no I wasn't I didn't I didn't watch it. Trust <laughs> me, I, I didn't go back and watch it. Um I'm pretty sure I think it was played about I don't know, three three thousand times right after, just in a row, just yeah for the rest of the inning, just over and over and over and over and over again. Uh but yeah, I, I did. I was that was brought to my attention, and and I mean that's what the game is about anyway. So like, even if it's against me, unfortunately, um, sometimes the other guy stuff good stuff happens to the other guys, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but it's good for baseball. Like, sometimes you got to like remove yourself from a situation like that happened to me. But I mean, that's why you got to. That's why we do it. I mean, you can't just be in your own thing all the time. Did you ever catch a a home run ball or a foul ball or anything at a game? Here's a fun story. I never did, but uh, when I was 11, way back in 2001, uh, we went to a game at Shea Stadium, and my dad caught a foul ball while I was at the bath in the bathroom. He got a foul ball and a T-shirt from the T-shirt cannon. So we oh. got both. Yeah, we got both. It came right to where we were. Uh, so that's as actually close as I've ever gotten to to getting a foul ball, and it happened to be in Shea Stadium, like not eight years before it was torn down. Any idea who hit it? I have no clue who was on the team at 01. We tried press that for Piazza. Well, that was the year after that was the year after they made the World Series. So they were it was the year after after the Subway Series, yeah. Uh they were good. They were pretty I think they were pretty good in 01. Um mm-hmm. yeah, it was like in Were you upset that you were you pissed off that you were in the pisser? Yes. I was yeah, that's all I want to do is catch a foul ball. I mean I was eleven. I guess the prime go get go chase on the balls age. Uh, yeah, but we, got, I have the, I had the ball. So like at the end of the day, like I didn't get it, but no harm, no foul. It's mine now. So do you, does the family still have the ball? It's in a box at home for sure. Ah. I have a bunch, I have a bunch of them. Um, I wonder, uh, I wonder if I held it a bit. Wow. These are different. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. I should check it out. What a two ball for 2001 was like, uh, by the way, is the ball deadened? I have no idea, man. <laughs> at this point, I'm like, I, I, I don't know. Um, I just know they're they're very slick at times. Um, Arizona doesn't help. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how we're gonna what we're gonna do. We they don't feel great uh, so far, but it's also been cold, and and I've just seen so many sliders over people's heads um, lately that I'm just like, yeah. You're due for one unless you get one of those balls that has any sort of grip at all. But um, it's 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 been interesting. I don't know if they're dead though. I I don't. It doesn't feel like it, especially after the homer last night. That feels like not dead. Uh, if that's with the dead ball, then double tip of the cap. Well, have you ever held one of the balls from Japan? Don't they have some tack to them? They do. They're nice. They're also smaller a little bit, right? So, but that's why we can't use those. No, I get that, but we can't find a happy medium here. We can. You just got to do it. Got to put in some effort. 
All right, hold on. You're you're biting your tongue about something. Is it because you don't? Is it because you don't want to say something, or is it because you don't believe? What is it here? You do you think the no, league isn't it, interested in it? I just think that it's not a big enough PR disaster yet, and uh, that'll actually light the fire. That's kind of the cause and effect in this this game. And I'm going to be honest; it's not a huge rush to make pitchers better. So, just it's just not a high priority because they want more unscored, not less. It's just the, the, like the tall, this tiny little incremental changes to see. Oh, we want pitchers to have a grip, but we don't want them to perform better. Because we believe that that will reduce the number of people watching the game and let it make less money. Like that's that's a real thing. Like I, you can't really refute that. Like that's just every rule changes in in the favor for bidders. It just is. Which okay, that's fine. But that's just going to translate into the balls. Like complaining complaining about the balls or pointing out something about like I would really like a standardization a little bit more if possible. And that seems easy, but there's just not. There's no memos going out about that, but there was a memo about sticky stuff every three days. So, like, I'm just saying, I please, please, who, who, like, please, can we just like look me in the eyes and say this is what we're gonna do about it instead of just saying like, oh, yeah. that's just what it kind of feels like. But I could be completely wrong too. Maybe, maybe there's people frantically trying to figure it out behind the scenes. I don't know. How am I supposed to know? I'm just a guy. All right, guy. Um, have you used Pitchcom? <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Oh, I love yeah. It. I really do. I love it. Don't have to remember this. It speeds up. It speeds. I can tend to, to work slowly anyways, and I'm trying to speed myself up, and it's really easy with Pitchcom. So I love it. So I really do. Giolito explained it to us a few episodes back, and he said it's kind of like a male Siri voice. Yeah. So you just. He's like, for same fastball. That's how he talks. <laughs> but so if you don't so if you don't like the pitch it's just a normal shake off yeah and you just push the different button i I really do i really do like it because i i you know i don't know how much of having my signs set or, or whatever has has affected my pitching in the past and so it's nice to just kind of remove that like honestly just kind of tedious being mysterious because the vast majority of guys in second are just like aren't gonna try to get it because it's like i then no one has like any level of confidence in that so they're not going to relay anything unless it's a very 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 like pointed part of the game that that team practices and there's a few of those that like they make it a very like they practice a lot Figure, figure getting guys tips and all this kind of stuff. There's a few organizations that do it like on purpose. Uh, but for the most part, it's not really that big of an issue, but you just remove it completely. Like they can't hear it. There's no sign. What are you going to pick up on? Um, so then it just shuts it down, which is awesome. So I love it. I mean, that's, it makes it a little bit, uh, a little bit more straightforward. And I, I don't know, level in my opinion. So uh, Giolito wants to try and get Samuel Jackson to do the voice for him. And he might have a connection there because his dad used to play golf with Sam. Is there anybody you would like to have in your head? Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, let's give him the, uh, the, the honors, um, oh my the recipes, but 
would be great. You that would be great. Or you can do Morgan Freeman or, or one of the smooth voices, but I think that I would enjoy that too much. I need something that's just like that I'm not going to miss, and Gilbert yelling it would be something. Maybe, but that'd be an issue. Maybe they'll hear it. No Wait a second. How loud it is. Are, are we are, Gilbert Gottfried? No, listen, very, very funny. I mean, I loved him in Beverly Hills Cop 2, I think it was. He was unreal. Is there something in this hand over here that could make yeah. that disappear? Right? So, yeah. I'm not so seen faster. Well, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Slider. Change up. Get it down. He says something at the end, like a little, uh, a little uh, thing, like where to throw it. That's what I want to. Uh, no, Kate May, huh? No, no. She's got a lot of talents, but let's, you know, I hear she tells me to do stuff enough, or we're, I think we're good on that. <laughs> I asked Giolito the same thing about his wife, and they're like, he's like, no. He, he wouldn't no. even play along with me. At least you did. He was like, no. Absolutely not. St- Absolutely not. Not at work. What's the deal? Like, she couldn't seal it. Like, four-seamer, love you. Yeah, weird. No, that would be distracting. Gilbert, all the way. Okay. Fair enough. Quick reminder that every Monday through Friday, tune in to Baseball Today. Of course, you can see it on YouTube. You can download it as a podcast. But I want you to join it live at 1130 a.m. Eastern every day via the AMP app. It's the black and gold one. You download it. Not only do you get to listen to Trevor Plouffe and yours truly, you get to interact with us as well. We take calls. We want your opinions. We want your comments, your concerns, everything. It is just a click away. Go download the AMP app today. We'll see you Monday through Friday, 1130 a.m. Eastern. I was very worried about you when you uh, hurt your arm and screamed into your mitt. I really, were you worried that it was something monumental? No, that was frustration. I'm, I was, I get frustrated and I, I, I go into a mode and I want to, I want to compete. And that was a combination of like, for example, it, it would, it would, it was getting, it was just like, my arm would need to reset between pitches to that point. Like it was just kind of, it was achy. So the whole arm was achy. My tricep was the main spot, but it was like radiating all the way up and down. And it's something that I've known about. I knew about before then. And it was like, if I can get through these few, these, these like this week or week and a half by just throwing enough, but not like overtaxing, which a lot of people are feeling. I saw the, uh, Blake Trinan went on the the deal yesterday and and the way he was used. Now, he didn't say anything about this, but it looked very similar. Like he was like, all right, if I just get through these two or three, I can get past the kind of the early in the season dead arm situation. And he just couldn't, you know, he had to to do a little bit of a rehab stint. Uh, But but everything looked similar to me. So there was that. um, And there was like on a certain pitches, for example, like the slider, the way that I, uh, you throw, I throw my slider. That was a point of this, that, that it would light up a little bit more. So I'm mm. like, I feel like I have no, no off speed pitch that I need to throw to this guy. And my fastball is not what it usually is because I'm, I'm stomping around the mound and let my arm reset and calm down. So I can throw another pitch. I, I was able to pitch, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like I could compete maximize. maximize. I felt like I was like 75%. So that was frustrating. And then I walked him and I was like, come on, like, come on. 
Uh, so it was less about pain and more about like, I want to compete. And I want to feel like I I'm giving you everything I got. We're on an even playing field. Not I'm, I feel handicapped a little bit here and the last pitch lit me up pretty good. So I was like, that one didn't feel good. I said that out loud. I remember. And then Escobar thought I blew out, but in reality, I was just like, no guys, I'm just, I want to, I want to go do this job. And like, I, I just don't, can't do it to the best of my ability. And, and it, it's not fun pitching when you, when you don't feel like you're you and you're just like, you're, you don't want to just try to get through everything all the time. You want to actually be like, competing and having fun so right. it was like a combination of all of that in an early season game in which i really wanted to win and uh and be the best version of myself um and i didn't want to go on the dl either like i was like i'm not going i don't i'm i take pride in staying healthy so it was just thought after thought after thought after thought after thought right away which produced my reaction got it um i know that you've been uh teammates before with eduardo escobar but I love watching that guy. He just seems like, and I've interviewed him a handful of times, but I don't know him well at all. He just seems like such a wonderful human being. He really is. He really is. He's, uh, I was really happy to have him uh, on the team. And he, uh, he's had to be, I think, one of the guys with the guy a little bit for Arizona last year. And, and it's, and like, be, you know, the main, one of the major run producers and, and, uh, I think that he's he's found a, like a nice comfort level to where he can really be himself. Again, he's again, another one of those guys who's bought in. It was like everything's not on me. I just got to go do, you know, my job, what I do best, and if I do that, we will win. And because other guys are going to do what they do best, and so we've really put together a really good group of guys. Um, and he's and then we did our Fogo dinner, the, that first series in Fogo, and he's he's the king in Fogo. He loves. Every time you go to a team dinner and a fogo de chow, he's like, I'm in my spot. I'm in my place. I'm the guy. It's, it's like, it's like it's his birthday every time. So <laughs> that was awesome too. I, I'm so glad everyone got to see the fogo, the Esky at fogo experience. Did, did he pick up the bill? Oh, he's got a deal. He's got a deal with fogo. Now I don't know if it was all free or not, but there's definitely a discount in there. Like he, they treat him like a King, man. It's he's, but that's been a long time brewing. He's done a lot of good stuff with them. Uh, he uh, well, it was just starting when he was in Minnesota, just starting to like the 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 powers that be, the own Fogo started to figure out, find out about him then, and then it really turned into a thing when he was in Arizona. Uh, every city they went to, they were like, he would try to go to one dinner at the local Fogo, and um, and now I think he's I think he's got like one of those lifetime membership cards like they give out Chipotle to certain people. <laughs> I think he's got one of those. I don't know what it means. I just think it's awesome. So where, um, how many people went to this thing? Oh, the entire organization. There was like say, uh, 55 of us. The entire traveling party was there. Huge back room. They, and the moment we got there, they were just like shaving meat immediately. Like they were just ready, which uh, for team dinners, if you go to like a, capital grill or something they're like four hours long it takes so long for them to cook 50 steaks but there they just like almost you got to slow them down whoa 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 i've already had so much parmesan pork i <laughs> let it settle who's the uh who's the guy that that puts it away the most like really nemo nemo was crushing really that night yes uh it's from wyoming like it's his it's all he eats he grew up just <laughs> eating 
meat by the pound. Um, but yeah, not surprising at all. The guy's like a professional eater. Uh, Canada did a pretty good job too. Those guys got fast metabolisms. Uh, but me and, uh, me and JD Davis were like, we tapped out quick. Maybe it's cause I had like 18 of those little, little mini cheddar biscuits before the meat even got out because I couldn't <laughs> stop. So. I love hey, those things. Who, uh, did you have a few beverages too? Do you partake at a, maybe one? Uh, we, we had some nice bottles of wine. Uh, yeah, I'll have a glass. Uh, big uh taiwan walker's a big camus fan so we would have a couple bottles of those i had a, maybe a glass of that that was good red wine with some whole bunch of beef pretty good we talked about the pitch earlier i don't know how much reading you've done on this but in the minor leagues they're using the pitch clock and the yeah. games in which they use it are reportedly down an average of 20 minutes the runs are not so it means they're increasing pace without decreasing the interest in terms of scoring and things of that nature, right? It could be coming your way next year. What do you think? Bring it on. I, I played, I played with the pitch clock at 18 for a bit. And uh, it's one of those things like you're not going to get, it's not going to be an issue for you unless it's egregious. Like, unless you're like 10 seconds after the clock runs out every pitch, then you're going to get, Come on. But like, if there's a couple where it's like close, like you're a second or whatever, then it's like, just no one cares. Right. So as long as you're sh making an effort to kind of speed it up, then it's not an issue. That's, that's all it is. So there's very few guys that's really going to affect like Max is going to try to like, see how much time he can leave on that clock. Every time he throws, like that's going to be a goal of his, he's just going to be like, Oh, look, another thing to like try to beat. Right. So it, it's, uh, that's what it's going to be. And it's, I think it's going to be uh, more beneficial than uh, I used to be against it, but because honestly, when it, there's just so much stuff changing that you're like, Oh, another thing. Right. But with the pitch com, now that I see that if I have pitch com, it's not going to be an issue at all. It, it literally, it's just going to come down to like, if I want to come up with my plan here, I need a little bit of time to think through the plan, but now I've kind of simplified that up a little bit too, to where I can get up and get on. I just need to get the ball back, walk back and get right on the rubber. Let's go. Um, I prefer to pitch that way anyway. So I think it's going to be good for the game in general um, because I think PitchCom, PitchCom actually, they said that even though everyone's not using it, a few people using it, even the big league games are down a couple minutes already just from PitchCom. So like, hey, I'm always down. I'm down to two, two, two hour, 30 minute games. Every is like the best. You walk in, you're like, it's 945. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I can, I can, I can I be streaming by 1038. We, we can watch one more episode tonight. Things like that. What are we watching right now? Uh, I just watched Outer Reach, the first four episodes, right up my alley. Yeah. I'm shocked you didn't get to it before then. Weird, weird show. And it's so funny that they just don't address some things you're like, this is too weird. <laughs> Why is no one saying anything? But I, it's really well made. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. It's two episodes a week too. Smart. But uh, I think I'm going to go do give give Yellowstone a, a real, real push now because I've watched this. It's got the same bad. The guy, the guy from Yellowstone's the same character in Outer Reach. The bad guy, the the other rancher. Yeah, I haven't done either. Um, my do kids have it's done good. out of reach. They're fans. I, I got to get into Yellowstone. Once the NFL draft passes, then I'm yeah. I'll be good to go. 
gotcha. squarely focused on that stuff. All right. What else? We got anything else going on in your world that we should know about? Anything else going on in my world? No, just taking it day by day, being a baseball player, trying to adjust my body to, to uh, the West Coast so that I can go right back to the East Coast in two days. Well, so, you get to the Midwest. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up with a trip to the central time zone in St. Louis. That'll be a good yeah. series, actually. It'll be a good series, and it's not just the oh, the face of the sun yet. Yeah. yeah. So that's the best time to go there. And it's just because it's muggy. The muggy part is the, the worst part in summer, not the heat, actually. So um, it should be nice, cool, nice and like mid-60s and a little bit less you know humid I, air. You know what I don't understand? I think it's just a mentality issue. So when it's freezing cold in mid-April in cities like Chicago or Cleveland or New York or whatever, it might be 40 degrees and people are bundled up like it's 50 below. But if you had the same temperature the first week of December during a Bears, Browns, Jets, Giants game, people would be there with their shirts off. Is yeah. It, much, it must just be like after tax day, we're all done with the cold on the East Coast in the Midwest, right? Kind of, kind of yeah. Yeah. That You're right. It's, it's whatever you're transitioning. Whatever you're, you've been doing, you want to do – like you got to figure out when you're going to transition. And I feel like the football season that tri- you feel like you're going to fight it or you're like, no, you're holding on to the, to the warmth longer. But when the cold's there, you're, 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 you're not quite to the warmth yet. So like you fight the cold, but you're willing to, to, to assume it's warm. I don't know. It's one of those things. Like you like the warmth, you hate the cold. So you just overcompensate both ways. I think we're on to something. All right, let's spin the wheel of moderately interesting things so we can get you back to uh, whatever you do in Arizona before you head to the ballpark. Minecraft is what I do. Minecraft is what I do. Visitors section. Um, Best visiting clubhouse and why? Best visiting clubhouse that you've played in. You know what? I'm going to give, I'm going to do a couple categories here. Um, shout, huge shout out. You're going to like the first one. We were talking about this last night, so I got to give him, give him a shout out. Huge shout out to Willie over at Cleveland for buying the towel warmers for post shower, especially in the early season, late season. It's freezing. Just had a rain delay, but you finally got through the game. It took four and a half hours to get a nice hot towel after. And, uh, Willie, Willie is awesome. One of the best in the biz over there. And he's really proud of that. Those those the towel warmers. I think hold on, I've never seen the towel warmers. Hold on, I've never seen a towel warmer. Is it something that you open up? Is it like a an enormous? It looks uh, like a giant iron? fridge. It looks like a giant fridge, and they're just sitting in there ta- folded, and it keeps them warm oh, the my. whole time. It's the most unnecessary. I'm sure it's just wildly expensive too, just to keep it warm. <laughs> and it's at four towels, it's, or it's four like linens, like they spas have them. And uh, he got one. So shout out. uh, And Willie's great in all the other ways, too. Like good food and loves to hang out and talks to us. And we like him. Uh, um, But I would say one other one that I I really, really enjoy going. Phenomenal chefs and food. uh, Really nice facilities. Great selection of of snacks uh, at Atlanta. And it's and it's really it's just really nice and new, too. That's that's so like the clubhouse is nice and big. Lots of uh, really nice facilities. Um, not a crazy hard walk. You know, there's not a lot of steps. 
That's good. Like, okay. like for example, DC, you walk up 40 steps to get from the field to the clubhouse. I'm like, it's like, this is the biggest staircase they could possibly have made. Uh, those are the little things we notice. So I'll give, uh, give Atlanta a shout out to in our division as a, as a, a place. that's always a pleasure to go. And they always have food, food's a big, big deal. So, so it was good. Shocked. You didn't say Boston. It's so spacious. Boston's really a fun place to go. And they have a soft serve machine. Really? Yeah, it's the best. Are you the guy that just puts the mouth under there? Ah. No, but I grabbed a 32 ounce cup post game. No, and they have the chocolate and the chocolate shell that just hardens on top. Ah, really? It's the best. And they're they're like they're always like, hey guys, welcome in. You seen the ice cream machine? <laughs> like, yes, we know about it. Trust me. Where so is that? I've uh, never seen that. I mean, I the, the visiting locker room for people that don't know it is. I mean, it is so tight in there. It's ridiculous. Smaller than the room I'm in right now, basically. <laughs> it is very where, small. Where is that thing? It's in the back. Um, they've changed the food room pretty much every year I've been in the big leagues where it is because oh. they're just like they're just like making stuff up at this point. Uh, but it's like way back in the food room through across the hall, and then it's like just around the corner. It's kind of like tucked, tucked like right next to the drinks, so you know it's there, but it's not like in your face. So. And that's everyone's got dietitians now. And that's like the way they're like, oh, it's just, you know, it's an option, but it's not the main focal point. We're not encouraging it, but we want guys to, and most dietitians are like, all right, I'll allow it. Unbelievable. All right, man. Well, as always, great catching up with you. Continued success to you and the uh, Metropolitans. Off to a phenomenal start here through uh, April. And we will catch up with you sometime in the month of May because we can't go the month of May without a visit with Trevor May. Ooh. Oh, the month I got a bubblehead. What? Yeah, I got one. Yeah, I got one. Is it so, themed out? Saying, uh, it's themed. I'm not going to give all the details. I actually don't know if it, it's it's. I actually haven't seen if it's actually been announced yet, so I don't really want to give it away. But I do have one. First one in my career, which is awesome. Uh, it's silly. Well, next our next episode, we'll we'll make the jokes about it because there's some jokes I have to make about it being themed out. It's pretty funny, but uh, we'll wait for that. But I just, you know, I'll give you a teaser. Can you pull one aside for the Rose Rotation, please? 100%. I will. I'm sure what I've heard, because I've never had anything in my whole career, uh, but uh, from what I've heard, you get you get a handful of them. They give you some in your locker. Oh, yeah. So hopefully uh, hopefully they'll hook me up with a good number so I can give them out to the people that matter, like the Rose I Rotation. Love it. I love it. I'm super excited. I cannot wait for your next appearance because, well, they're always so fun. And Bobblehead. We get to have Bobblehead share time. So. A uh, special shout out to the one and only Robbie Shirocco for putting this bad boy together. For Trevor May, I'm Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.